Yeah, so I'm I'm happy that you got to meet Jack Carr. It seems like uh, from from what you're saying, it seems like he was a very stand up, uh, awesome, just human being. Um, but I hate you. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. It's funny when people are like, "Aren't you going to multi gun nationals?" And I'm like, "No, I might be doing something that's a lot cooler <laughs> than that." And like, I mean, wouldn't you go do that instead of multi gun nationals? Like, probably. I would have told him. I would have told him to meet me at Multi Gun Nationals, and I would have made him shoot the match. But in the middle of working, so like I gotta, I gotta focus just for a bit before I can have the fun. I gotta have you know, do the work. Work leads to the fun. Fair, fair. That being said, that's how the episode's gonna start right there. So <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> well, anyway. As you can tell, we've got another episode of Open Action with me, John McLean, brought to you by Arms Corps Precision. And on this episode, we have a guest whose podcast I was recently on not too long ago. Uh, this young lady has, so she's got her podcast, which is called Reticle Up. She is a published writer in multiple outdoor publications, online publications, uh, just all over the place. Um, she was even on a little TV show called Build Box, uh, and that person is Kenzie Fitzpatrick. Kenzie Fitzpatrick. <laughs> My God. What's up, John? <laughs> hello, hello. I can say your name, I swear. Kenzie Fitzpatrick. See? Yeah, yeah. You got it. So, Kenzie, um, for those of you that don't know who you are, why don't you do a brief little introduction uh, you know, obviously we don't have to go over like every match you've ever won or anything like that, but just who, who is sure. Kenzie as a person? Sure. Yep. So I, I now am like this three gun Kenzie. So branded out in the wild. It was so weird. I got an email back the other day where I was talking to someone They're like three gun Kenzie was the first response. And then he went into his email. So I guess that's me. Um, I'm a competitive shooter and yeah, John already covered some of the writing stuff, writer in the firearms industry, which I love. I hate the word influencer, but I think that's kind of where things are going with an influencer marketer, I guess, in the industry. Um, but I own a, a marketing firm, yep, called Reticle Up. So I work with a lovely brands in the 2A space, which is just a dream come true. Travel all across the country, shooting matches from 3Gun, PRS, Steel Challenge, you name it. I, I like to pull trigger. AK matches now are a lot of fun. So I'm all over the country and just having a blast. And John, I don't even know what I do half the time or what I'm going to be doing next. You know, if you tell me what I'll be doing in a couple of years, I will have no idea. <laughs> so I'm just along for the journey. Which, which has turned out to be a pretty cool experience for you because like one day you were just kind of like this girl that does a lot of writing and gets to travel around. The next day, you know, I see you posting pictures next to Jack Carr who totally made me jealous because like i as soon as you know i i got the terminal list i i, I hate reading i can't sit down and read books i just fall asleep it. right um not you don't get me wrong like if a story is good i can kind of appreciate it but the act of reading just makes me tired even if i'm in the story i'm just like Ugh, you know so i always listen to everything on audible yeah. um but yeah terminal list i got it we uh me and, and and kelly's dad were listening to it on the way down to branson one time and like I was hooked so much that I listened to it every morning when I would go to the gym and work out. And then on the way back, I had to rewind the story so that Kelly's dad could listen to it because he <laughs> wanted to hear it. And then like every road trip we go on now, that's like Jack Carr is who we – so we're still on the second book. We haven't been on a road mm -hmm. trip in a while. but um, So we're stuck like 
a third of the way into the second book that I have to <laughs> wait, but I've listened to them all already. Yeah. And uh, you started posting pictures of, of, of getting to hang out with him and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. So, it was... so I mean, it's, it's kind of cool, right? Like you, you, yeah. you don't know where you're going to end up. And sometimes you end up in pretty cool. I mean, granted, I, sometimes you end up in pretty shitty places too, but you know, <laughs> like that's just... taking a grasshopper to the eye and going to the eye doctor. And yeah, that was dumb. Um, <laughs> if only you were wearing your Hunter's HD gold. <laughs> it's so funny because it was nine o'clock at night. Sun was going down. We were going to clear cows. I'm like, I don't need hearing protection. I don't need eye pro. We're not shooting yet. So now I have learned I need to sleep with my eye pro on. So I'm going to start doing memes of just me always with eye pro on while I'm uh, asleep in bed. But yeah, no, like the, and the Jack Carr thing was something that was so crazy out of, out of left field that I was told that it was going to happen, right? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Because kind of like you, like, huge fangirl was really excited, especially because he's a Navy SEAL and everything. Um, and so, like, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it. I don't want to post about it. I don't want to jinx it. Like, I have to have it happen. And when it happened, he couldn't have been more humble, more nice, more friendly. So, like, if you ever get the opportunity, which I'm sure you will, to meet him, like SHOT Show or NRA or anything that he's kind of at – He's so nice to talk to. So it was one of those moments, too, where I've had the moments in the industry of meeting someone that I've looked up to and it kind of being a less than happy, you know, experience. This was probably the best I've ever had of meeting a hero, too, to me, because I do read. I've read every book start to finish. I even fangirl. I even had the shot and signed edition of his new book. And he's like, wait, you bought one? I was like, yeah, before it came out, I pre-ordered it. Like, I'm a fan. <laughs> but I was trying not to fangirl too hard. But I was like, no, like, this is... My favorite book series, so yeah, it was cool. Well, it's because it's it's such a refreshing book series. Like you've got you've got all these stories coming out where every every story has to have some sort of political agenda that yeah. meets some sort of woke mob mentality yeah. bullshit. You know, it's like oh, well, you know, we got to make a character gay, or we got to make it, mm -hmm. and it's like like it. Those people exist. I get yeah. it, but like to to force it down people's throats is you know, I I know they exist. I acknowledge their existence, you know, so it's just, it, it, the, the story is just so fresh because it's, it's about a story, not about a political agenda. Yes. Like, Did you ever watch Jack Reacher? The, the newer yeah. series, Reacher? Yeah. Okay, because, like, they have the subsonic ammo and all this stuff in it that was, like, not correct. And then if you've ever read the book series about, I think it was the third or fourth book, it was early on, it was like, I flipped the safety off my Glock, and I'm like, oh, it doesn't exist. Like, it takes you out of the book. And so when I read Jack Carr's books, everything is, I mean, he researches it, too. It's like, it's to a T, factual, correct. Oh, it's like the most pleasing gun novels for us because we can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's, I mean, granted, there is still some things that will happen, but I think it's, I don't think he does it um, in a way of out of ignorance or anything. I think he might do it for the, uh, the cool factor sometimes yeah. of what can be, but um, yeah. uh, either way, the, the book series is great. Listen, if, if anyone has never, if you've never listened to, I mean, if, if, let's, let's be honest, if you've been living under a rock in the last like year and a half, I mean, between, between Amazon coming out with the terminal list starring chris pratt like you know it's funny too you, you notice how like these uh, right now a lot of the movies and and stuff like that that's coming out they kind of go through these cycles with like three or four different individuals mm -hmm. so for example right there was a point where everything coming out had ryan reynolds in it yeah right like it was like this movie came yeah. out and then this show came out and then this movie came out in accordance with this show and then deadpool and everything <laughs> was ryan reynolds and then Recently, it feels like it switched to Chris Pratt. Like, I, I can't wait for there to be a movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Chris Pratt together because I think that would be 
absolutely fantastic. You know, like Deadpool mm-hmm. meets James Reese. That would be awesome, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, like Chris Pratt. You know, if you if you watch the show, I think it was good. And I, I was actually very very surprised with the show and how how well they kind of kept to the book. Obviously, I knew there was there were differences. Um, from certain aspects of it, and then certain aspects of it was Hollywood, uh, Hollywoodized. Yeah, you know, like, yep. I mean, in the book, it's very apparent who the bad guy is, like yep. within the first three chapters. But yep. in the in the show, they drag it on until you get to the very end, you know, stuff like that. But um, I get why they did it. And the funniest thing, and this is the thing, if, if I could get a chance to ever sit down and talk with Jack Carr. The funniest thing is I would be like, hey, Jack, what is it like when you write a story and you're like, let's write a story about Hillary Clinton, but not name her Hillary Clinton. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) as soon as he started describing everything that that uh, what's what's her face in the book was going through, I was just like, "Hmm, wow, Hillary, Jack Carr is going to suicide himself. That's how it's going to be, right? Like Hillary's going to get her her henchmen to, to show up at his doorstep or something for writing a terrible story about a yep. philandering husband. And, and I mean, I was just, it was so to the T it made me giggle, um, which is why I can even have a little bit more appreciation for it. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy that you got to meet Jack Carr. It seems like uh, from, from what you're saying, it seems like he was a very stand up, uh, awesome, just human being. Um, but I hate you. <laughs> It's fair. It's fair. It's funny when people are like, aren't you going to multi-gun nationals? And I'm like, no, I might be doing something that's a lot cooler <laughs> than that. And like, I mean, wouldn't you go do that instead of multi-gun nationals? Like, probably. probably. I would have told him, I would have told him to meet me at multi-gun nationals and I would have made him shoot the match, but that's. It was cool. when We got there, um, to the range too. Cause that is his FFL, like the range that we filmed at. And so I got to actually seize a custom BCM rifle that I had gotten there for him with his Tomahawks engraved and everything. So I got to see a lot of his, his personal guns there. That was really neat. A little behind the scenes life. Look, hmm. <laughs> your face is like not fair. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say fair. I mean, you've obviously been working your ass off. So I, I don't see, yeah. it's not like you were just like, waiting at the airport and he just happened to pop up and trip over your bag right like that that would be not fair working your ass off to get somewhere is is another thing entirely but now before you got into the the writing aspect of what you do now um, and obviously i think the travel is also associated because like a lot of times you write about Mm -hmm. what you're traveling for whether or not it's event or it's a product review or or something like that or you want to have you know some sort of interaction about a company not just like Hey, yeah, I got this scope and it's awesome, but rather the company and whatnot. What did you do prior to all this madness? Yeah, before I kind of took a bet on myself, um, I was working at Florida State University. My background is actually in marketing, I have a master's degree in marketing. Um, but I was working at the university for the college now of entrepreneurship at FSU. And that was kind of, um, I would say, hand in hand with where I'm at because. When I graduated with my master's degree, three weeks later, I started my marketing firm. So it's been around for a long time, but I really didn't know what I was doing. Like opened up the firm, started kind of freelancing. I did marketing for a shooting range back in Tallahassee for seven years, actually. They were my client. First one to sign with me. Oh, I was so green. Um, But it it was cool because it was something I could do part-time, schedule the social media posts, do some emails, what have you. Um, And then it wasn't until 2018 where... 
I really wanted to pursue this dream. Um, I hadn't had the writing experience down yet. Like I, I really wasn't anybody. Right. And there was something where I was like coming up, made a plan of, I want to shoot three gun. I want to go out and do some more competitive sh shooting sports and do more marketing. And so I quit my job. Uh, greatest thing I've ever done, scariest thing I've ever done. And then just kind of took my business full time. And all of that came from me showing up and ROing. So if people don't know, like listening to this podcast, you can afford to shoot. It's you have to give your time to afford to shoot. So as a range officer, I probably worked <laughs> hundred a match, uh, matches at least, you know, getting started. And it was because they paid for travel. They paid for the hotel, your food, your match fees. So really it was ammo and, and have the guns and get yourself there. Um, and so that kind of paid off in a, in the longer run, John, because I met people, you know, at, at the time, STI, now Staccato, I met Brian with Hunter's HG Gold through shooting, um, just from working matches and, and showing up. And so all of those connections going to SHOT Show and NRA just sort of started paying off later. Like, I, I've never seen relationships like that where it's like, what can you offer me? Or why do I need to be friends with you now? Right? Like, I, it just accidentally happens when people connect. And I'm super grateful. So it all spiraled from me just kind of working matches and showing up. And, and take this key point away. Don't just quit your job. You got to have something in place. And, and I worked plan, in the background. Right? Yeah. I mean, I worked yeah. <laughs> the part time to make it yeah, a full time job um, to be able to do that. And it was enough where with the power of the Internet, you can do anything. If you have a iPhone, anyone on the country with an iPhone with an Internet connection can freelance, write, do photos, you know, make a business happen. Like there's there's just no excuse these days to not be able to do stuff, you know. Although you do get very, very uh, limited on what you can show now that all the censorship bullshit things are taking. I, I know Zuckerberg went on Joe Rogan and said shadow banning is not a real thing. Lies. You're full of shit, Zuck. Yeah, lies. Okay? Um, yeah, all lies. exactly. And, and it's it's funny because I, I almost test the algorithms every now and then just to see how much I can screw myself lately. Because, uh, like, I just did a, a post on my YouTube channel, just made a little short. And t historically, those, like, if they're decent or whatever, can get up to, like, 2,000 to 2,500 views. Because that's how many subscribers I have. So that's what I'm limited to, right? They won't share my, my product or my, my stuff with anything else. But I did a, a post about Joe Biden yesterday where I talked about how, like, you know, when when you, when you put your two-week notice in and you know you're about to, like, either lose your job or leave your job, how you just stop caring and like it doesn't matter if you're pissing everybody off you're like whatever peace out i'm out anyway go you know and i'm like that's kind of what feels like joe biden's doing right now like yeah. you just kind of like well, what do i care i i'm not going to be I, i'm not going to be a president again so yeah, take me all you bad. want you know kind of thing uh yeah in like 24 hours it's gotten like 16 views <sighs> you, you know Impression but it's like real yeah okay. yeah it, it is absolutely real um, you know, I'll, I'll post things and it's, it, it's sucks because it's like my profile gets shut down almost because even if I post something comical, that's not gun related, or like I've been posting things like the kitties that we got recently and all that kind of stuff. No, it's still, it's still so muted. And it's like how you're, you're muting cat videos. And that's cute, like what Instagram is built for. And cute and, turkey calls. Like, what is that hurting rubbing two little pieces of wood together? Like, come on. Yeah. Exactly right. So, yeah. Yeah, it's that's real. Been, it's been interesting, and, and it's been a little frustrating to to see that happening more and more. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it almost feels like like lately, the the politicians, the big big tech, and all that kind of stuff. It's like they're just becoming so much more blatantly open and obvious about it. Because again, it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do about it? Yep. 
Are you going to go to another media platform? platform? Because what we'll do is we'll just wait for them to get big enough and then we'll buy them out and then we'll mute you again. You yeah. know, it's like, yep. I am, little frustrating with that. I am playing with X, AKA Twitter, because I just think this new name of X is really dumb, but I used to be on Twitter like way back in the day, loved it, had a huge following it, ended up deleting it. So now I'm back to ground zero, but it's like an interesting level to start with i don't think it's there yet i don't think there's a huge platform but it is like an alternative and if you pay for like one of the accounts you can upload your entire podcast full-length videos i know like theo ovon was talking about that the comedian about uploading onto x and stuff but um none of that censorship is there yeah no none of that because I, I was just talking to brian from hunters hd gold about rumble because yeah. that's what he's been he's been transitioning a lot of his video content and stuff to. so i i've had an account with rumble for a bit but like i didn't quite understand how it works but the biggest thing that i found too is that um people's attention spans have been reduced so much because of like TikTok and reels and and shorts and all that kind of stuff that like it's even if you get interactions um it's so easy for people just to double tap and swipe. So they like your video and they move on, but they don't subscribe. They don't, you know, so they can't get your content coming through their channel regularly. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with like Twitter. Like, yeah, I, I hate it. I never understood Twitter. I'm even perfect honest. I thought Twitter was the dumbest thing in the world. Like, oh, you have 140 characters to try and say something. And like, I would try and type something up and I'd just be like, mm -hmm. well, okay, I'm, I'm out of, out of space and I can't even finish my full thought. This is dumb. Right. And, um, so yeah, I never used Twitter. Uh, it was always Instagram or Facebook for me. But now that decision is biting me in the ass because the majority of my followers are all on on Instagram, um, you know, Facebook too. But that's again, how how much are they actually seeing? Because like, you can post things, and then next thing you know, it's like I posted, it and I only got six likes. Yep. Like, what the hell's going on? But no one else saw the post or whatever. So, um, yeah, no X X is interesting. I. I woke up. It was funny because I woke up and looked at my phone, and all my social media stuff is in one folder. So I clicked on the social media thing, and when, when it was in the small little few, it still had the Twitter icon. But when I clicked on it, then the big X showed up. And I was like, <laughs> did, did Apple delete my my app or something? And I hit it, and then it was completely different. I was like, what the hell is this? Like, I backed out, and I no, that says Twitter. Now it's X. And, and then I finally f did some research. I was like, oh, he changed the name. Changed okay, yeah, I wasn't expecting that at yeah. all. <laughs> um, so now there's another there's another uh, uh, app that I've been trying to get into, which is pretty cool. I don't know if you ever heard about it. It's uh, Go Wild, mm -mm. which is an outdoorsman app. So they're, it, it's like Facebook. You create an account. You share posts. You can share videos, pictures, and all that kind of stuff. But they also have um, – they don't they don't censor mm -hmm. you know if you if you've got a, a a shot of or a video of you killing a deer while you're out hunting like you can show that and it's not like this oh my gosh trigger warning right like right. It's, it's meant for outdoorsmen but you can like you can tell people whenever you like catch a fish and how how much did the fish weigh and what was the length of it and where did you catch it and what bait were you using and it's it's like this really cool outdoorsman app so like when you when you make a post, you can actually like even share gear that you're using. So right. whenever I do a video of me out shooting or hunting, like in that post, I can literally go through and tag every piece of equipment that I'm using, and it'll show up on that post as well. So, That's cool. Uh, if you never tried it, Go Wild is is the app, and I mean it's still still in the young phase, but yeah. I feel like that's the the heart. You know the 
the difficult thing is there's there's so many other apps out there because like when when Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter were just being completely and utterly controlled with an iron fist, it was like 800 people went out and created their own app that was for freedom loving right. people instead of like you know three people coming out and being like look let's just let's just congregate and focus all of our energy on these three it's like everyone had to go to like oh truth social and then this that and the other and, and it's just like I, i'm not downloading 16 different apps now just so i can try and talk to 20 people that are going to start following me because everyone else still mostly uses facebook and instagram yeah. just for the ease of well and people use, people don't understand where i've come from explaining this is like okay if say we all go into a different app that is true social what have you um and we're really just marketing and posting to the people that are to a friendly or gun friendly like we do need to have people that aren't even aware about firearms maybe they're interested might, might not even be aware about hunting or fishing right so if we're all if we're all having the same conversation the same beliefs in one spot but we're not bringing anyone else to the table or in, like we're not reaching the audiences that we need to be does that make sense like we need oh, to be yeah. yeah so like that's the hard part to, for me to get across to people is like we don't need to be siloed we just have to find a place that we can all i guess market to or speak to or what have you well and i, I think social media also created a, a bigger divide amongst people for the ability to block yeah so if you think about it like you know when when you're sitting around your dinner table on christmas and you've got aunt edna over there who still you know thinks that uh those those silly asians brought the bat flu over and then you've got you know uncle teddy over here who thinks that uh joe biden is doing absolutely fine and all that kind of stuff and we're all at the dinner table you have to interact or someone's gonna get punched in the face or you know like it's just it's just the way it is like but you can have arguments you can have debates and, and all that kind of stuff well when you when you are able to block someone then the only thing that floods your feed is every people, all the people that are like-minded as you, yeah. which means that you think that the rest of the world thinks like you. Yep. But the problem is you've blocked the other half, so yep. you can't have a conversation. It just turns into like, no, absolutely, we're completely and utterly right. No, seriously, the rest of the world thinks that I'm right. But <laughs> the other half has blocked you as well, and their group thinks that, no, absolutely, yep. we all think that we're right. And then when we have that interaction together, it's like, well, how could you be so stupid? Well, how could you be so stupid? It's like, well, we're all pretty stupid right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then a lot of people, I also think, uh, haven't been punched in the mouth recently, and you can tell, right? Like, <laughs> or ever. Or they've gotten the participation trophies uh, yeah. just for being alive or being uh, you know, into the space. Like, it's, it's pretty bad, the participation trophies, yeah. Yeah, I, you just, I've had some interactions with some people sometimes, and it's just like, God, you know, like, like three million sperm, and you were the one that, that, that won. It. It's bad. That's, that's so that impressive. That could be a whole podcast episode about people, because lately I'm just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. When, and I try to do it, too. Like, every now and then I fall victim to it. Every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll get into an argument with someone online, and then, like, three posts in... I, I like stop what I'm doing and I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. Why am I wasting my time and why am I letting this adrenaline pumping fill? Like, I I don't feel good about this right now. Like, and, right. and this person clearly just wants to try and hype me up. So then I stop inter interacting. But typically I ghost, I, I post and ghost. <laughs> I don't care what people say. Um, if someone's got a question, I'll answer it. But other than that, comments, I just normally just kind of like like and move on or whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's just it, sometimes people will just say things, and you're just like, mm -hmm. I, I've had people make comments, and then I've like I've done some research, looked at their profile, whatever, and been like, hey, 
you know what? And, and every now and then I'll, I'll comment just to be a smart ass. Some of the comments or, or one of my favorite ones to say is, um, your opinion to me is a lot like your profile. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. 100%. Like you've got, you've got six people that follow you and five of them are porn bots. So, and I've said this on another podcast is like, if you get criticized, if you get a negative comment, if you get something on your post, it's always, and it, this is a hundred percent true. It's always going to come from someone doing less than you, not actually out there making posts themselves, not in the public eye, not creating content. So you just, yeah, you got to let it roll off your shoulder and move on because you will never, ever, ever get anything criticized unless it's like constructive, right. And positive or something in private mm -hmm. from someone doing more than you, you know, then those are those are the people you want to associate with, not the rest, because I've gotten the same. It's just been like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's, that's the mindset I try and keep. It's like, dude, um, you, you've sure got a lot of time to spend watching <laughs> what I'm doing, which means that you must be perfect. I really wanted to post a video and I just think it's not too negative. It's just too, I don't know. And it's just like, Hey, if you're watching this and you're still like commenting or like criticizing or whatever, it's like, you're still a fan because you're out there watching. But yeah, it's like, there are people just because if you start getting successful or you start meeting people that they wish they could be, it's always going to be this negative stuff where I would rather cheer those people on, but they just want to see me like crash and burn. Right. And it's like, I just have to remind myself is like they are still watching, still paying attention, still like engaging with the the content I put out there. So just leave it alone. Yeah, I've, I've, I've exactly. I'm like, man, I'm I'm not the one that stopped on my video, hit comment, typed out a paragraph long sentence, and then sent it saying how much you hate me. Like, <laughs> dude, what else do you have to do? Like, yeah. don't, go. You could have gone and done like 20 push-ups by now in in the time of you know. So. Yep. Either way, it's it's comical, but no, it, uh, social media is very interesting. It, it's um, it sucks where we're at and what we're having to deal with from the firearms community and the attack. I mean, you know, I got I've been banned off of uh, <laughs> Facebook Marketplace, right? Oh, well, TikTok was funny as hell. I I created a TikTok account and literally, like, I think it was fifty four minutes later, I was banned. Oh, I, yeah, I did one video right. and immediately banned. Like when when it first originated and like came out, I put a video up there. Um, and immediately taken down. And then, like, I see, like, Joe Farewell makes, like, a bajillion videos, and he's fine in the clear, and mine gets flagged and deleted and, and, and removed. I'm like, what the heck? So, and then I just stopped investing in TikTok, period. Like, I'm just not not about it. But, yeah. Yeah, and and so I just I just stopped giving a damn about that. Um, but uh, I, my, my train of thought got derailed of where I was going with that, but. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to move on. <laughs> so, okay, so we, we are all in agreement. Social media was awesome. Now it sucks. Yep. Period. For the 2A community. Um, yep. But with that being said, now, you said something when you're, when you're intro that you do PRS, which is a really new experience for you. So can you explain <laughs> from, from a person that, that didn't really shoot competition to then getting into 3-Gun mm -hmm. to then getting into PRS – Explain the, the mental shifts that have to take place between those games. Yeah, and I'm still learning that. So for 3-Gun, and I'm still not there. I don't think anyone will ever be the, the best they could. But 3-Gun, you're having to master. The, Nils. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Nils is not human. That's my boy. He's I got to represent human. my boy. No, he's a beast. He is oh, so impressive to watch him shoot. There are people that have mastered these platforms, right? But going to like 3-Gun, and, and I find the movement and the aerial targets and just all of the challenges so fun. And so, and I love, love 3-Gun. Still do, always will. Even if I shit the bed on a stage or two or just get beaten up by the guns, man. Like, I just, I love 3-Gun. 
And so everything in three gun is about speed. We all know, and, and I think John, you and I both kind of proven ourselves in the pistol world is like, yes, we're terrible pistol shooters, but but not as terrible. Two on brown, guys. Hey, Two on brown. I'm not. That's, I'm not terrible anymore. That's what I'm saying. Is like we've we've all improved, but our our worst yeah. was like pistol and. Um, you know, three gun, it's like two on brown, one in the A zone. Um, shotgun's just fun. It's really easy to, I think it is. I think it's easy to shoot a shotgun because you're just spraying BBs all over the place. Like if you suck with a shotgun, like you really have to try. Um, so something that I've always though struggled with is rifle, especially when I was shooting like tack ops, kudos to the guys that can shoot tack offs and tack ops and shoot off of their magazine. Okay. Shoot with no bag, no bipod no funness like it is so freaking hard to shoot tack ops in rifle it's just incredible so last fall and like this spring i was started shooting in the carry optics division and then kind of dove into open and so this fall i'm shooting three more open um three gun matches uh one's coming up here with zoo city and so i wanted to get better with a rifle you know i started with a bipod bag but i'm learning that wind still matters especially when these three gun match directors are pushing you out to 600 plus yards in competition which is insane for a 223 bullet but cool uh so i told myself last year that the only way to get better similar with dry fire and live fire is to go practice what you suck at and so enter precision rifle series um so i got into prs to try to up that game and the mental shift is incredible when it comes to time and points okay so what i mean by that when you shoot a a stage in prs maybe it's a 10 round stage you only have 10 rounds so you send a bullet and you pull the trigger you don't breathe correctly um whatever it looks like and you miss that target you can't make it up with a follow-up shot and in three gun why are we like this we send seven more to hit it right accuracy by volume (laughs) and i see you laughing we've all done it um Mm -hmm. so for me it's like when I was at the very first match, it was like, okay, I plan to sort of sounds bad, but I plan to time out on some of these stages that had a ton of movement because why am I speeding up to hit 10 and maybe or not hit, but shoot 10 rounds and maybe shoot, you know, four points. Or if I focused on four really good fundamental shots and got those four points and was stable and all of that, that it's a better learning experience. And so even at this last match, and it's not a negative thing, but at this last match, it was like you had to be off these ladder rungs on the ground or standing with a rear tripod as your support. And I'm like, dude, I don't practice rear tripod. I've tried it like two different matches. I hate it. I, I used a plump pillow I've never used before to go prone off a rung with a front bag. It was like a cluster, John, and it's so much gear. But for me, I'm like, if I can get to two positions and timeout, that would make me happier than trying to force three and be sloppy to get there. So the whole mind shift, mind shift um, change has just come from getting your points and getting your hits on the, the things that matter. Because if you don't and you push it, you screw up your fundamentals. And it's funny, kind of like every other sport where it's like, you need to buy this gear, you need to buy this product, whatever. It'll make you a better shooter. Bullshit. <laughs> okay. It doesn't matter if you're shooting 6.5 Creedmoor factory ammo or if, or if you're shooting 6XC like I am. You need to have your fundamentals. You can miss just as fast with factory ammo as you do whatever caliber. It doesn't matter if you shoot suppressed or with a, with a muzzle brake. You can handle the recoil. You've got to have your fundamentals set up when it comes to positioning, making sure that you like have your gun on target. And again, it is not pull the trigger whenever you feel like it it's like you have to break that shot perfectly each time so 
it's a complete shift, but if I can translate that into three gun this fall, and I think it will, of it's faster to get one shot off and hit it than it is to make six shots and accuracy by volume, like I think my times will improve greatly on, on the rifle. That's a long-winded answer, but I'm really passionate about this learning experience I've had. <laughs> well, because, I mean, the yeah, like you said, I think the difference is that in three gun, we're, we're going for fastest time possible. Mm -hmm. um, and in PRS, it's you have five minutes to engage 15 targets. 90 seconds. 90 seconds was the evil well, for the last two matches. But, yeah, there's no five minutes. Okay. There's two minutes max. And and but it doesn't matter if you if you if you shoot and hit all ten targets in twenty seconds. Yep, that's great. You are going to have the exact same score as the guy that took all ninety seconds to shoot the same number of points. Yep. So the time doesn't. I, I, but like I think, from my understanding though, they use time as a like tiebreaker. Yeah. Right. So real quick, too, a good point is that they had a skill stage. It's an eight round stage off of their like PRS barricade, so it's a standard type format, and it, the range was like only like four hundred yards or something like that on the target. Yes, there is a time component to one of the stages, typically as a tiebreaker. And what's funny is I have the video. I'll post it later. I went so slow <laughs> to get each position and was breathing slow and I, I didn't feel good about pulling the trigger until specific moments and I cleaned the stage. It took me probably 80 seconds, maybe 70, because um, you still hear the timer beep later when I'm done. I was just focusing on, I want every freaking point because like you said, it doesn't matter if I shoot in 20 seconds or take all 90, I got the points. That's what mattered to me at that match. Well, and that's what matters at that match yeah. is to get the point. Well, cause... unless you are one of the pros and the high-level shooters, then you want to get that higher, faster time because, yeah, that matters. Which right, but like you said, you can you can also miss very, very quickly and <laughs> just completely trash the stage. Yeah, you know, which which can hurt you more than that. So yeah, yeah, I've never I've never shot PRS. I've I've considered trying to do like gas gun because I'm cheap and unless someone wants to to sponsor me and build me a 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, I'll stick with my 2.23. Uh, but I just, I'm just, there's there are so many other things I want to try this year. One of the things I'm actually going to try, um, you know, Julie Golub, who was on the, the episode one mm -hmm. of Open Action here, um, she's been to trying to convince me for the last, like, two or three years to shoot Bianchi with her, which uh, every time Yay. I've seen videos or pictures of Bianchi, I'm like, wow! That's a long trip for very little shooting, and those stages look boring. <laughs> you know, like, that's my mindset. Sure. I've never shot it. Um, so I, it's hard for me to really hate something that I've never tried. I basically need to, you know, take my own advice with all my kids that I've ever had, where, like, you can't say you hate it unless you try it, and then once you try it, then, then you can. you hate it or not. <laughs> um, so this year we are planning, you know, Julie just got done with a, a, sh a shoulder repair surgery. She just shot her first match up in Wyoming this past weekend, um, so she's getting back in the circuit. And basically, uh, this next coming round cycle uh, for Bianchi Cup, I'm gonna <laughs> to go to the match with her um, to give it a try. But other than that, it's like I st I'm still trying to focus on trying to make the Ipsic World Shoot team for Classic. Um, so I've got my single stack back on my belt. I just finished with the three gun cycle, so I shot the Zombies in the Heartland, the Multi Gun Nationals. So there's just still so many games mm -hmm. that. I'm playing, um, and it's not that I don't want to go play the other ones, but I also have bills and a family and job, and <laughs> you know. So, luckily, unlike unlike you, Kelly, um, I have someone that mows the lawn, and it's Kelly. <laughs> and it's not it's not that I make her mow the lawn; that's just like the thing she likes to do, or 
I, maybe she likes to torture herself doing it uh, sometimes. <laughs> it's a good but, exercise. Unlike you. Yeah, I hate it. It's good. Well, yeah, except for when, you're, when your lawnmower doesn't work. Yeah, or like, all of like the lawnmowers <laughs> that you have don't work. I have three now. <laughs> They're all under the house. <laughs> what what lawnmower company are you using? Uh, I don't remember the H1. It's, like, a, supposed to be a really good brand. H something. Um, Apparently not. Hewlett and Packard? They make computers. <laughs> That was fast off the top of your head. I don't know. We don't need to digress. But, dude, I have tried all the mowers. I think it's just me <coughs> and the amount of grass. And then it's like a full freaking acre up a hill. And and I come from Florida where it's flat. So a push mower was good. It is not good on hills. <laughs> got it. Okay. So you, you've got a quite a big quite a big lawn then. Yeah, it's not fun. It's really it's it's just all lawn. There's no trees. It's just all lawn. And it grows fast. Okay, okay we've digressed. Well, Get us back. No, no, we've, we've, we've got – but, like, I, I, we bought a uh, – or I bought a Troy lawnmower with, like, the That's what I have. front wheel assist. I have the Troy with the front wheel. Yeah, so I call that semi-auto mode. And so it'll, like, vroom, vroom a little bit. But no joke, I've had to prop the lifter of where a bag would normally go to give it enough air intake, even though I don't sit it all the way on the ground. Believe me, I've tried everything. Fresh oil, brand new mower. Can't tell you. I, I'm not that dumb. <laughs> Just... <laughs> You're looking at me. It's set up correctly. Okay? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I, I mean, you know. But... but... I... What you were saying, though, is like, yeah, like you have a team at home, but still, I mean, I don't think for anyone and all of us love shooting. It's like, I don't think anyone it's possible to do everything at once. Like, I feel bad because I still want to shoot NRL 22 matches here locally where I live because there's a lot of little matches that are within a couple hours and even a local one. NRL 22 is great because I have the gun set up similar to PRS. I've got the same reticle on it. And it's like, I should be doing that. And every local match is me filming, shooting another match. You name it. Like, I'm gone. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think there's also another aspect that a lot of people maybe don't fully comprehend or understand is that aspect of when when we go to a match, when we go to an event, we don't get to just go and shoot the event. Like, we've got to worry about camera work, battery lives, memory cards, you know, editing eventually and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of like when, when I started hunting out here, too. It was like, <laughs> not not only was I trying something that I'd never done before, but I was also going to try and film yep. it. So I made something that was fairly difficult for someone that has never done it before. And I made it twice as difficult by deciding <laughs> to try and film it, too. So on top of learning how to hunt, I had to learn how to film my hunts. You know, Nightmare. So, um, same thing with us at matches. like everyone's got the the phone handoffs and battle buddies of hey i'll film you if you film me and then you've got gopros on the head yep. or cameras on the guns you know and stuff like that and then you know you get done shooting and you're like fuck i forgot to put my gopro on Damn it, god i just what can i reshoot the stage i'm gonna run into the ro real quick and get a reshoot i know but, um, and i feel bad i kind of feel bad i don't feel bad but like this recent match i was telling ryan who's like my pro for the pro and for prs and i was like i know shooting's important and like i'll get up to the stage and i'll be like yo can you hit the, the button on the GoPro? And he's like, worry about your shooting. And I was like, worry about the content. And that was the exact sentence out of my mouth. And I was like, listen, like we got off. And I was like, Ryan, I know this sounds weird. I'm not stressed about the shooting. It sounds terrible because I should be. And I'm not, again, I'm not stressed about it because I know my levels. But it's like, I'm more worried about content because I'm giving back to all of the people that have helped me in PRS, got me the gear to run. Like I'm borrowing a gun you know, barring all this stuff that I want to get the content. And that's what I wrote a whole article about. And so I have a camera, I have a GoPro. Um, I got my, this sounds bad. My second cell phone now for work. And that's the 
like default video one because I get other people's stuff too. And then have my camera for people to take photos. So, and I also just got a trigger cam. Have you seen those? No. They're so freaking cool. Cam. Trigger cam, they're stupid expensive, but they literally attach to your scope. So it's stuff that you've probably seen on Instagram, but you attach to your scope, and now you'll literally be able to see the hits and the target, the reticle, everything through that trigger mm, cam. Okay. So it's kind of like the Tacticam. I don't know what the Tacticam is. It's not a shot cam. So, it's literally through your reticle. Yeah, so the Tacticam has a – it's a. It's like a, a tube, tube-like But it doesn't attach to the can, outside, like, if that's what you're thinking. So maybe that's the difference because you know, the Tacticam, it's got, it's, got an, it's got a piece that goes around your eyepiece and then a, a prism – mirror system so the camera is actually facing back towards you but it oh. goes through the mirror system and it looks through your reticle while you can also look through your scope at the that's same cool time. so i didn't know that so i'm gonna try yeah, this so the, the footage is on the camera but um yeah. it's it's still i mean it, well, depending on how expensive you think expensive is but i mean like, for a camera system i think that to get that scope system is like 750 yeah or trigger like that for the camera the, yeah. yeah that makes sense i mean gopros are 500 plus typically but we're in the weeds, but I just, there is a lot of content. That's what I'm passionate about and I'm writing about it. And I, I think my value to the 2A community too is because I don't have the time to RO as much as now getting people's photos, getting people's videos, writing about what's kind of going on in my head. Um, and that's just been really fun because a lot of people are, are reading articles now, which is like old school kind of, but that's where there's no suppression either. Yeah, I'm not reading articles. I'm, I'm. <laughs> I'm watching YouTube on the toilet. But... <laughs> Thanks. So if I I'm not send the only you a guy video, that does that. Like, you if know, I send you a video. Like if, if my phone dies, then I need something to read. But then I'm not looking on my phone. I'm looking at, you know, the, the free magazines or whatever the NRA sends. American Rifleman or whatever. And some of those articles, I'm like, wow, that's, that was very boring. Uh-huh. I didn't. I didn't know that uh, the the degree angle of a throw lever from a from a bolt action gun was changed because of this individual person. Like, <laughs> some people find that stuff interesting. I just don't. I did but. just video a short sixty degree bolt handle that was actually pretty beneficial. But because I've been running bolts now all year, that like this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like if my if my if my world depended on it, then right. I t would obviously care a lot more about the. Gear Do you have a forty five degree safety? Out. Yes. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> it's faster, yeah, but, John. Uh, yeah. I would I would tell people about it, but at the same time, I've I ran nineties for so long that yeah. It, yeah. I'm not losing matches because <laughs> I had to throw my safety another forty five degrees. You're losing, sa uh, losing matches because you forgot to take the gun off of safe. I've done that. <laughs> I haven't lost any. Well, I've lost every match I've shot pretty much, but um, I can't necessarily say. Uh, I can't say I've ever lost like first place because of have you ever a silly mistake like that. Oh, totally. Yeah, I've totally. The the times where it happens though is is times where they change something about my norm. So, and and for example, is if you are shooting a stage, but the requirement is that you have to start with it on your offside. Yeah. And the entire stage have to be has to be shot left-handed. Like, I'm not used to flipping the safety off with my left hand on a regular basis. So at multi or it was PCC Nationals or something like that one year, yep. maybe two or three years yep. ago, there was a stage like that where you shot like a string right-handed, yep. and then you had to switch it, and you had to shoot the entire string left-handed. And that was where I brought the gun up, pulled the trigger, and I was like, oh, yeah, safety. <laughs> like, 
I didn't program that in my <laughs> my walkthrough because yep. I don't take the safety off with my left hand ever. So. Right. And see, right there, it didn't matter if it was a 45 or 90 degree safety. I didn't. I, I went zero degrees before I tried to pull the trigger. So <laughs> is what it yep. is. But now um, another another thing that you've been getting into recently, uh, like a fiend, kind of like me, is suppressors. <laughs> so let's talk about that because I, I, I'm, a, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of suppressors every time I use them. I every time I I can't or I don't use them, it's not that it's a miserable experience on the range, right. but it's just not as pleasurable or enjoyable as it could be. And now that I own one, I can understand how beneficial they are and how stupid it is that we have to wait so freaking long for the government to say, "Yes, you are allowed <laughs> to have it." Right? Um so you've recently gotten into the world of suppressors and you own how many owns, how many suppressors I was, do you have now? I was trying to think about that. I think I'm at nine that are out of prison and I know I have one in jail and then I have one semi ordered. Uh yeah. <laughs> and December okay. of twenty twenty two, I'll just say this. I had zero. So what does that say about me? <laughs> well, I problem. I, I was the same. I went from so I had a suppressor that I won from Surefire World Multigun Match, uh, like I, I think it's nine years ago now. Oh, nice! And I just got it like two or a year and a half, two years ago, just because like I didn't, I didn't want to take possession of it as an individual. I wanted to set up a I trust. Gotcha. But nine years ago, if you wanted to set up a trust, there wasn't Silencer Shop right. or Central Silencer Central or whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> You had to go to a lawyer. The lawyer had to draft a trust up for you. You had to pay the lawyer for it. Or you had to know how to do it yourself, which I, I is dumber than your. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I wasn't going to go that route. So it was like, well, if I want to get the suppressor that I won, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to pay a lawyer $150 to draw, draft a trust up. And then I'm going to have to pay $200 for the tax stamp. And then I'm going to have to go through the process. Yeah. I, at the time, also, you had to pay for fingerprinting, which means you had to go somewhere to actually get a fingerprint card done. Mm -hmm. Um, so the investment that was necessary for me to get this yeah. free suppressor that I had won was still going to be $600. And I'm like, well, shit, for that, I can buy another gun. Yep. Um, so I never saw value in it. And, it, yeah, it took me seven and a half years for me to finally get a trust set up and then for me to front up the $200 to pay for the tax stamp to get it to start the transfer process. But oh. once... Two things. Once I experienced how easy the process could be, especially with the help of Silencer Shop or you know some of these companies that are out there that, that help with help walk you through it, um, that was probably one of my biggest uh, not fears, but like it was the most intimidating aspect was that I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know the law. I didn't understand it. Like so, how am I going to go through a process that I don't understand? Well, they literally take hold your mm -hmm. hand and walk you through the entire process. And a lot of times they do the work for you. Right. Yeah. Um, so once I discovered how easy that process was, I immediately like got another suppressor ordered from Surefire. Um, and now I've got two more on the way. Two of them are literally in, in jail right now. Just started the process for one, which is the nine millimeter from Sylvan yep. arms. Um, and then I've got a, a SPS 300 from Surefire that is now one month into its sentence. <laughs> So I've got like another seven months to go before that yeah. that makes makes bail. But um, let's let's talk about your experience with your suppressors. And I mean, 
because I, I, I'm really trying to make sure, make it very obvious to people how easy it is to get them and how beneficial it is to get them because you know I just took we just took our three year old shooting for the first time a couple months ago and while she was wearing electronic you know Walker Ear Pro so we could still talk to her and she could hear us it was so nice to have the suppressor on the end of the gun even though it's 22 yep. it it the concussive blast wasn't there she she's not a big fan of loud noises anyways like you know guys that ride by on harleys and stuff like she doesn't Aww. like that so so even without the ear hearing protection on i could still have a full-on conversation with her she wasn't going to be afraid of the the sound of the gun she definitely wasn't afraid of the recoil um and it just it just makes it such an en enjoyable experience and for me i love the idea of being able to communicate with someone with maybe for two, two, three, you still have to wear yeah. hearing protection because it's not a silencer. Right. It's not like right. the movies where, where'd the shot no. come from? No, it definitely came from over there. It just wasn't as loud, right? Like that, that's how it goes. Um, but I find also the, the, the huge benefit would be if you're going to be instructing someone, yeah. it'd be a good idea to be able to talk and communicate with them, which is why electronic hearing pro is so important nowadays. It's almost like a industry standard, right? right? Like if you're running passives, it's like, Okay, fun. Yeah, they lift yeah, up their muff, then um, they get one shot, and then they put it back down. I'm like, Jesus Christ, just get electronics. Yeah. yeah. So, which, you, when when I started shooting competition, if you wanted electronics, they were like $400. Oh, yeah, they, they which, I get it. Yeah. I'll, I'll go passive for 20 yeah. bucks. But yeah. nowadays, it, it's really not that much to get a good set of electronic carrying muffs. But uh, I'm talking too much. No, so good. let's talk about your experience with suppressors. <laughs> and, I mean, let's let's discuss. Yep. Like, let's talk about how 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 – they should be readily available. Yes. Well, we can't fix the government, and I could preach all day about the $200 tax stamp that's bullshit and the weight that's bullshit. Agreed. Um, and so I avoided it much like you, I'm sure, but, like, you did the trust. I did individual, but it was something where all my friends had suppressors. I thought they were really cool. They're fun to shoot, like, and I'll dive into all of the whys, but it was something where once you do your first one, you'll understand the difference. And so I think I've changed a lot of people's minds. Um one of the first things to know for sure is silencer central silencer shop all of these machines so finding a sot so where not just an ffl but an sot so for people listening you can't just go to any ffl firearm shop they have to be an sot and have sot paperwork and that's so that way they can transfer and accept suppressors or if they've got machine guns that are transferable um just certain things that are required but find a good sot and the reason i say that is you can look those up on silencer shop if you go on their website you can find who has those machines um they take their your photo, they take the fingerprints, everything's digitalized, which used to be back in the day where you had to go get actually like manually fingerprinted. It was a nightmare. Um, so that, that whole process is simplified. So just finding a place where you go in, they handle all of that. I'm super blessed, and, and there's many of them out there, is finding a good SOT. I have Tennessee Silencer Co., which is or Tennessee Silencer, they're just in my backyard here in, in Knoxville area, and they do all my paperwork for all my suppressors. They take the fingerprints. I mean, it's all digital still, um, and they are the best of the best. And so you you want to pay for that because here's the horror stories if you don't, and this is why people, I think, get turned away. I've heard of people going in SOTs, and then they take their photo, and that SOT never looks at the photo. One of my buddies had his eyes closed. That waits for eight months, and when the ATF agent finally looks at that picture, they reject it, and you start all over from ground zero over again. So that could be now another eight months, right? 
So make sure that you have a good quality human being, if it's gonna be you or the SOT or what have you, you know, check your paperwork. If you spell your name wrong, that's a problem. Put your birthday wrong, that's a problem. They're going to check that and you're gonna wait the entire time to find out you did it wrong. So, but but once you find a good place or a good you know way to do it, then the first paperwork, it, it's just about being patient. So when I signed all of my documents for my suppressors and they were in jail, I kind of forgot about them and it truly, truly is actually kind of a fun experience because it has to be if now it's like oh my god two got out of jail it's christmas morning because i would do two or three at a time and then i would just forget about them and now i get to go pick them all up um so a couple of things is at my gals day this year john i did a suppressed only shooting bay so you had to shoot any of the, all the guns were suppressed pistols rifles I don't think we had a shotgun one, but maybe that's next year. Um, but we had GSL suppressors out there, and then Tennessee Silencer came with the Humvee, and they brought all their suppressors on guns. We had Sylvan Arms on, on my rifle. And so that bay and the 22 bay was next to it uh, were the two least intimidating bays for women and anybody getting started in shooting, not just women. But we had 14-year-olds out there. We had 70-year-olds out there whether you're male, female, or whatever, um, suppressed shooting just allows you to shoot without that intimidation of the muzzle blast, the muzzle break, the noise. I see it all the time, especially when you're on a firing line or a range with a bunch of people. When you hear that first crack, you jump, especially if it's not something you're around every weekend. I mean, my family still, I'll shoot at the farm and they're like, jump in, you know, and they're like, ah, and I'm like, well, put your ears in or walk away or <laughs> sit down. Um, and so that, that's awesome. And then Having my rifle with a 30 cal suppressor on it, it's a 223, they can shoot that rifle and it feels like a 22. So it is so generous to the shooter that's newer coming on board to be able to manage the recoil, not be afraid of the gun, not be afraid of that jumpiness, and like you said, be able to talk about it. So not all of them are going to suppress sound greatly where you still want to have your hearing protection on. But it's so much more peaceful when other people are shooting and you've got, say, electronic muffs on or whatever, and you can still have a conversation um, and that's the big argument too in PRS. I shoot suppressed. I will be shooting suppressed. My last can that's going to go on my PRS gun when I build my own um, is in prison. But uh, I, I'm a fan of it for the recoil effect, but also just for the sound suppression. I hate, there's a couple guns. One was a 308 gas gun. I hated these muzzle brakes at the last range I was at that I wouldn't even be a shooter behind that gun. It was so miserable to be around. And so it's just not fun. So yeah, respect your fellow shooters, shoot suppressed. Um, but there's just so many good factors on running a suppressor for sure. And it, it shouldn't be as difficult as it is to, to get it going. Um, it, it's, it's a tube. It's a metal. <laughs> oil filter. So you can do a form it's one. It's an oil filter. You can do a form one and they're coming back in like three weeks, dude. You know what? <laughs> uh, in, in Europe, you can walk in and walk out with one. Mm -hmm. So how is it that in, in countries where they say you can't have guns, but you can have suppressors, like, uh, you know, like the world political view is so stupid in that aspect. Now, uh, from my understanding, the suppressors over in Europe are not built as well as the ones here in the U.S. Yeah. For as far as longevity goes. So from my understanding, the, the, the companies that make the suppressors over there, they're kind of meant for like, uh, yeah, the, the suppressor's good for maybe five, 6,000 rounds, and then eventually it starts to deteriorate, breaks, you know, whatever. Um, so you have to go buy another one. But like, they're also like 180 bucks, right. you know, $200 over there. So you take a Surefire, which which the suppressors that I have, and you're talking about eleven to $1,200 MSRP for some of them, and then some of them are even more. 
but that suppressor is typically going to last like the life of the shooter uh maybe even the next generation that wants to do it as long as it's being taken care of so are you, you know the the in oh god and i have a question for you well i, I was just gonna say i mean the 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 cost and investment, you know, for the quality of the products, obviously different between the U.S. versus the Europe. But I, it's just so comical that over there, they just they go. It's just an accessory. Like if you didn't have a gun and you just had that suppressor, congratulations, you've got a very expensive uh, or or heavy paperweight or beating baton. But like that's all it is. It's a it's a metal yeah, tube. Yeah. Do um, you hunt? Or have you hunted with a rifle suppressor? Or are you just bow hunting? I can't remember. So I, I mean, I've taken my rifle hiking okay. with the suppressor on it. Um, I, haven't, I haven't actually hunted or killed anything with it yet. But yep. when I do go out, I totally do have it on the yeah. gun. Um, That's been my experience. And it's mostly too. because, it, well, it's you know the biggest thing for me with the rifle and understanding why I like having my suppressor on it is that without it, I have to double yep. plug. So I've got to put in ears and then have over the ears, right? And occasionally, when you have to do something stupid, like in multi-gun, where they're like, okay, you must engage 12 clay targets at 50 yards offhand, but you have to shoot from under a car. Mm-hmm. You're getting in these weird positions where you can break that seal of the outer muff, and then when you crack that shot off with your muzzle under a car with the muzzle brake that sends the sound everywhere in every which direction, it reverberates right back to you. It doesn't matter that you've got a hearing plug again. You're... You're listening to the ringing all night long while you're trying to sleep. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and you know, it's like. I went for, for hunting with Brian at the, the property for deer, and, and it's something where, like, he was with me, and we had the suppressed gun because it was his suppressor. And so, like, having that experience is, like, you're literally listening for animal movement, right? And I think even with muffs, maybe that are electronic, you can amplify that. But if you're sitting in a blind for, you know, five hours waiting on an animal, you do not want to sit there with he- hearing protection on the whole time. And then for for hunting i mean seriously like i don't think i'll ever hunt not suppress now that i have my own suppressors like that's just a game changer completely i do not want to sit there with earplugs in the whole time like your ears just get fatigued waiting and waiting and you need your hearing to hear for the animals or the squirrels that are messing or the other aspect is if you don't wear your hearing protection the entire time yes if, the, if you see the deer two thousand yards out and you've got plenty of time to put your ear pro sure. on without them catching you that's great when they walk out 20 yards in front of you you done you're not getting away with the movement of <laughs> let me put yeah. these on now you know yeah. like so 100%. so that's been it's been a no, game changer I, I think shooting suppressed is if you can do it you know get it get one if you just get one you'll find pure joy and pleasure when you start shooting and then you're going to want to shoot it more uh especially if you just want to start with a 22 can those are the most affordable cans out there like the dead air mask i think i spent 500 bucks on it um and that include the paperwork from my sot and then the tax stamp yes tax stamps are dumb forget the tax stamp you're going to pay that regardless so just put that out of your mind but 22 cans are so fun so fun well yes and I think too the the thing to take away is understand that like most people it's like most people I think think of suppressors and they automatically go to the expensive guys like Surefire and you know uh, Gentech and mm-hmm. all so they look to those websites and they see suppressors that are eight nine a hundred you know thousand yep. dollars or whatever um, and that that intimidates them but the fact of the matter is there's a lot of other companies yep. especially now that are making suppressors Incredible. that the cost is down. Um, and you know, you, you work with some of these companies like Science Shop and Science Central. A lot of them also have promos. 
a silencer shop all the time has things going on where you either get a rebate mm -hmm. on the can, so you get a price break on it or something like that, or they offer to pay for your tax yeah. stamp. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you literally, all you have to worry about is the investment of buying the suppressor. And even then, if it's, and, and we're not talking about that it's only Surefire and, and Dead Air. Right. And so, all these manufacturers. So you can buy, it won't, maybe it won't be the greatest performing suppressor, but you can buy like a $500 suppressor for your 223. Mm -hmm. They offer to pay for the tax stamp, which means that you're literally only having to go $500 into it. And then whatever the transfer fee is at your FFL SOT. Yep. Um, and that's it. So for the for the price of the the sixteenth Glock that you were gonna buy, <laughs> just get a suppressor in there. You just called everybody out. <laughs> I mean, I, I I own like five, but you Three. know, at, at, at what point do you start getting like, okay, yeah, cool. This this you know what Glock is the Apple of the the gun mm -hmm. world. Like, Apple's like, hey, look at this. We have an iPad. Hey, look at this. We have a bigger iPad. Hey, we just came out with a smaller iPad. Change the color. Hey, look, now we have an iPad. That fits. Yeah, exactly, right? That's literally, it's the same thing, but all they did was change the size of it or, so or whatever. Glock is, Glock is the Apple of the firearms so world, and they still sell as well yeah. as they do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so. And then if you, if you don't know, there's a lot of aftermarket accessories when it comes to pistols to shoot pistol suppressed, and it is a blast. Um, so like I'm working with a company now, Tactical Kinetics, but you can look at any pretty much aftermarket accessory place. I think Walther even sells her own barrels, but I, I bought a bunch of threaded barrels for all my pistols now because I want to take my pistol suppressor out and run it through all these guns because it is a hoot to shoot a gun. And, and especially for pistols, nine mil and up guys, there is like no recoil. It's almost a weird feeling when the gun dips down from the recoil because you're trying to like break, like grip the gun so hard, and you're like, "Oh, I don't need to do that. I'm actually driving it further down." <laughs> it's really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've gotten to shoot a couple pistols suppressed. Yeah, it's, it's a very different uh, experience. And the only thing, uh, the only negative experience I've ever had with that was uh, one guy was letting me shoot his gun, and he did not clean his suppressor out like whatsoever because like the amount of back pressure that was coming out of the gun like i was getting splayed in the face with gas and unburnt powder Ugh. and stuff like that coming you know it was a glock right so it's got all yeah. the little gaps throughout the back the back plate um Ugh. so i got done shooting and i was just kind of like yeah okay that was that was cool from a sound point but like maybe a little warning next time like oh hey by the way you're gonna get a bunch of hot bursts of molten powder and stuff into your face you know yeah um, not fun yeah, it was fun, but just, you know, it, it was like in the, the, the suck kind of fun. Yeah, like, yeah, the, the learn the hard way yeah. and the questions to ask before you shoot the next one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, now if you if you had to go back and you can only buy one suppressor knowing what you know now, what would be the suppressor that you buy as far as um, caliber? Goes? Oh, done. It's the rugged Alaskan 360, and that is because... And this is cheating, but it is a multiple caliber can, and it can go on rifles or pistols. And it's super, kind of like lightweight. I mean, it's just an incredible suppressor. So that, and then when people ask me that, if you could only afford one, only buy one, oh my God. And then they, they just released it, I think, in, um, what's the lightweight material? Titanium, thank you. And so they just released the same model. <laughs> I forgot, forgot for a second. Uh, they just released it in titanium. So if you really want a lightweight, again, that'll not be as sound, you know, whatever suppression. But yeah, that's my favorite. 
So by multiple calibers, what what calibers can it cover? Um, I'm trying to remember now. I'm gonna say this wrong on here. I know it does like two two three. It does nine mil. Is is this something that's like a, a you can pull it apart and reassemble it for what you need, or is this like just a like is it a nine caliber or a, a nine millimeter caliber can that suppress that is suppressed rated for two two three and three oh eight and all okay that. we're gonna look at this so it has a, a rum i know that about it it's like this universal mount system so it is modular for different guns um but let's see it has a dual taper locking system i'm going down here you might just okay wow so they have a different front caps different end caps or whatever so seven six two five five six uh there's a lot on here. I can't believe you put me on the spot. Okay, like but it's that. like a, it's a modular system. It's a modular system by the sounds of it. Then you you basically disassemble the suppressor and then rebuild it for. No, whatever. you just put the different like uh, end cap that's gonna have the right the right threads to it. It's not like a modular thing where you're changing baffles or anything like that. Um, hmm. man, pistols and subguns up to nine mil, rifles up to three three eight Lapua. There you go. Yeah. Okay. But it's not something that you're like changing out or swapping anything. It's just the, there's different, yeah, obviously thread pitches. If you don't know that guys, holy shit, we should probably cover a little bit of that. It's like, make sure you order the mounting system for your gun. You can't just stick a suppressor on anything. It has to match the threads. Or if you're going to do like a three lug attachment, um, just make sure that, or a muzzle brake that's going to be pre-threaded for that suppressor make sure you look into that because you'll be very unhappy when you have a suppressor and a gun and no mount in between <laughs> yeah. yeah no and yeah you you make a, a very good point because yeah so i i would suggest people that if they if they wanted to buy a suppressor for a rifle to go ahead and just buy a 30 caliber mm -hmm. because you can shoot two two three through, through a 30 caliber yeah. Uh, but yes you make up a good point because typically two two three barrels tend to be half by 28 mm -hmm versus 308 barrels which are like what is it like five eighths five eighths by, by a half inch or something yeah like, that. like it's a different thread pattern so if you have that suppressor and you you buy a 308 suppressor and you try to put it on your 223 <laughs> you're unfortunately not going to be able to do that you have to have the adapter system so no you bring up a good point i i actually have entirely forgotten about yeah. that last time i talked about suppressor for someone <laughs> so um yeah no, I yeah, I so I would I like I said like I I kind of go with with the thirty caliber for the most part, but it's because I don't think many people want to shoot. I well, I think everyone wants to shoot a handgun suppressed, but the rifle is the thing that probably needs it because like I can shoot a pistol with one set of hearing protection just fine. Uh, I can't shoot rifle with just one set of hearing protection. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> aside from like an open, uh, uh, but like even my my minor nine millimeter yeah. gun. I just run one set of hearing protection. I grant it's yeah. so loud, but um, my AR, I'm definitely double plugging. Yeah, for that. I mean, but so... like the the suppressor, the Alaska 360 is is like my favorite. I have it on an AP5 right now with the three lug attachment, so you just QD off, and then I can slap it on. Yeah, my home defense rifle, and again, super lightweight. It's not super long either. Um, but, and then it's fun because it has that. It's a, literally a universal mounting system. It's pretty cool if you look at some of rugged rugged's like work and what they do and what they put out um i'm a big fan i think that and dead air like i'm kind of snobbish but those two are my favorite <laughs> oh and suppressors also i think suppressors are kind of like holsters you're gonna you're gonna have to go through like five or six different companies before you find the one that you really really like whatever the features yeah. are whether or not it's like and, and suppressors are weird suppressors are kind of like guitars in a way like um some people love fenders yep. other people love gibsons 
Everyone hates Ibanez. But <laughs> who's not in the suppressor um, world? Do we name names? <laughs> no, no, that was just me being. Uh, people that are guitar yeah. fans might might find appreciation yeah. for that joke. But um, you know, the the tones of suppressors can mm-hmm. be different. One suppressor sounds has even though the decibel rating might be around the same, there's a different tone that goes with materials and, and the, the volumes of the chambers and baffles and stuff. So like, it's, it's funny that a brand new shooter probably won't appreciate that, but as you shoot more and more and you get to experience a whole bunch of different products, you start to notice those little nuances and stuff like that. But, um, and the suppressors are the hardest part to demo. I think that's one of the biggest frustrations that I have. And I don't know if our industry can fix that or not, but there's so many opportunities at SHOT Show, at NRA Day, there's like a range day and all that. Um, and even at like some of the demo bays, you know, at these major matches, it's great that manufacturers are set up. You can shoot some different guns, get your hand behind a lot of them. And a lot of people have guns that, hey, you can try this out. Hey, try this out. I have rarely experienced that, like, trying a suppressor, unless I go to a writer's event, which is amazing, and that's where I meet all these companies, shoot all these different suppressed guns with different calibers. That Rugged 360, again, was so cool, because they set it up on, like, the 338 Lapua, set up on a 9, set up on, like, all these different calibers and different, like, length and size guns, and I'm like, what? And so it is cool to see that. How can we have that, like, experience? And so... You know, if you have a good SOT, they have demo cans. My SOT, again, Tennessee Silencer, you can demo machine guns with their suppressors on it. You can try 22s with the suppressors. That's how they sell them because once you shoot them, you're like, oh, I want that, right? Um, And so I get excited about that, and that's what I try to do is get people behind suppressed guns because then they're like, they turn their heads. They're like, oh, I like that. I'm like, yeah, totally fun. Yeah, well... There's a lot of great shooting events that like the general public can go to, but that's that's what we need to be ha- be having more mm-hmm. of, right? So like, I always thought it was kind of comical that Shot Show, um, you have to be an industry person to attend the Media Day event, or you have to be a media person mm-hmm. for it, right? Um, because like, I I don't know. So, so Shot Show for me, from the sales side, when I was when I was working sales with Arms Corner Rock Island, it's it's very much more about the bottom line. You could be talking to someone about a brand new product and you could be as for me as a, as a competitive shooter and I see a product coming out and I'm excited about the product. So let's say the VR 80, for example, right? Um, I can talk very passionate about the VR 80 and, and why I like it and why I think it's going to be a gun that was, that was absolutely going to just dominate the marketplace because it was going to hit the people that want to hunt. They can use it. People that just want to use it for self-defense, they can use it. People that want to shoot competition, they could use it. We're literally covering the majority of the needs of the firearms industry with this one plat or with this one gun. And the guy'd be like, "That's great. So, like, what's the uh, you know, what's the dealer pricing for it then?" <laughs> and they don't necessarily care. Like, they care that they can sell it, but they also care more about, okay, well, how much money can I make off the product, right? So that's the bu- more business mentality. But to have an event where you're able to invite the end users Mm -hmm. to come and experience the product i think says more which is why like nra show i feel like is more beneficial for for some of the companies to go and and have um booths for because you're talking to the customers you're talking to the people that are literally going to go to the stores and buy your product versus the guy that's buying your product to then mark it up and make a profit on it um there could be a little bit more passion a little bit more uh, excitement about building that product up to that customer so when you have some of these public public shooting events, I think that's the the way to go about getting the general public more more comfortable with suppressors, educating them about it. But the problem is, 
that means you have to have a, a shooting event f- within er- at least every major city yeah. in the U.S. 100%. Right? If you really want to get the the national coverage. Which, um, they're getting there. I mean, you've got TriggerCon. You've got Suppress Fest. There's, I forgot the other Suppressor event. You have the Gathering of Clinton House. I mean, my gal's day draws 110 users, you know, and all those ladies went out and bought stuff afterwards. Um there's some other like there's gun con that's open to the public i'm just trying to think there these things exist i think a lot of people make excuses like they're busy and it's like one weekend guys a whole year and it's like you pay one ticket price and you get to shoot all of this shit like come on we can't make it any easier well yeah but then you know and and i'll say this this is now that i live in the midwest when i lived in vegas i i get it but living in the midwest now you're also kind of like look i only got 10 days of vacation (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna go chase a deer, Fair. and I might need all ten days, so I can't risk taking four days to go travel, shoot a whole bunch of cool stuff, then come back and now I limit my, my hunting time to, to this. What's right? that other event that I'm thinking of? That's like in Florida. You know what I'm talking about? Not not Turcon, not Suppress Fest. There's one other one. Not There's a lot. There's a lot. I will tell you. I'll just try to send you all this stuff afterward, just for your own knowledge. <laughs> Well, and like I know, like Murdoch's, they they've got an awesome event up in Bozeman, Montana. That uh, this is the first year they haven't held it in a couple in, in a couple years. But I've I've gone up. Green to Top that. does one in Virginia. Um, I forgot what that outdoor day is because I know Todd Jarrett. I think Shane had to go out there. There's a bunch of like shooters that were there for like I don't know signing stuff or talking about guns. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like you said. It's it's, it's how do you get people to actually get to experience the products yeah. is is what you need to do but the the flip side too is like uh, okay so there there was an event by a company i'm not even going to say their name because i don't want to give them any publicity because i think they're a weasel greasy part of a company but um they some of these events where they just have the influencers Correct. show up Correct. God, it just makes me want to gouge my freaking Correct. eyes out like it pisses me off when people come up and and the the first thing is like they 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 look at the product they act excited about the product they then sh- proceed to shoot your ammo and dirty up your gun and then have the gall the gall to ask you for a free one and it's mm-hmm. like no mm-hmm. <laughs> no i can send you one to, to right. try and do a review and then you can send it right back to me cuz i'm going to send it to 14 other people but like really just there's like, a very like big that. entitled world out there that is <sighs> it's disappointing because there's also the they don't they don't appreciate what it takes for a company like you guys to pay for that event to table there you have two to three employees to come out there your ammo that's a lot of money in ammo your guns like you said maintenance you got to clean it and then the frustrating point is like they're there to to give you exposure because that's what you're paying for and then they don't want exposure unless you give them a free gun later so you go always out to this event where you should be doing media coverage they should be doing videos pictures whatever and then that happens. And so, like, even me in my work world, like, I have such good relationships with companies because they know when they send me something, it's going to get done. And sometimes I buy the gun. Sometimes I do send them back. I, I I don't have the money either to get all these demo T&E guns, testing evaluation guns, and, and like, you know, buy them. Um, so even, like, I just did a, a recent gun with an awesome company. He sent me his wife's gun because the demo gun was gone. And he knew all I needed was for, was for a few days. So got the gun, took a, I did a video that's going to come out, I did an article on it, sent it back within five days, it's already back to them. You're like, I don't expect free shit, it's not, <laughs> these, these guns are expensive, right? It's like, but I, I really want to write about them, cover them, but unfortunately, those people are kind of destroying a lot of, like, I would say credibility of people like me that are actually doing the work and want to do it and, and are excited about it, you know? 
Yeah, and the other thing too that was um, frustrating for a while there was the the fact that you could buy followers, yeah. and so people were, would come up and say, "Oh, you know, I've got I've got four hundred thousand followers on my Instagram," and then when I would go, I'd be like, "Really?" Because this post that you just did a week ago has only two hundred and eighty likes. <laughs> <laughs> so where where are the other four hundred thousand yeah. people? You know, so. Um, that that could be a, a, or that got really frustrating too. Like people trying to to use numbers like that. It's just like, uh, f- first of all, like I don't necessarily like. It's not that I don't care about how many people you you have following you. I'd rather see engagement, and then I'd also like to know that you're just a good yes. person. So I was gonna say this too is um, I do I live in this world. I live with working with content creators. I know who does stuff, who doesn't stuff, who has burnt me, who hasn't right, and so and I see all of it. I watch it all. Here's what's crazy cool, John, is um, I. I have seen the software and I, I look at myself and I can actually look up your like numbers and whatever, but I look at the engagement rate on some of the, even top competitive shooters that are influencers with huge followers. Right. And I'm not kidding. Like I've pulled screenshots for myself of seeing like 1% engagement rate, 2%, like under four is pretty bad where I'm at with my little baby following of under 5k is a 8% engagement rate, which is huge in terms of social media and all that, but it's not just likes it's people stopping to comment. Cause I make dumb posts that are like, Watch me mess up here. Watch me fall. Watch me paint a rifle that looks like a clown came all over it. Like, whatever. Um, <laughs> it's like this engagement. That's, that's someone on Reddit. Oh, we're going to have to step at NC-17 rating on this <laughs> no, post now. That's what it looks like. That's what someone wrote on Reddit. Uh, but <laughs> I can see, you know, what people are putting out and generating. And so, like, that's kind of the fun stuff for me is, like, I, I – I'm similar to you. It's like, I don't care and I do care, but like your numbers don't mean anything unless you are an actual influential human being, a good person, you're going to follow through. I mean, some of them that do have the following have that, but most of them don't. So I I consider micro influencers or like whatever, sub micro, I don't know what I want to call them, more beneficial to some of these brands right now because they are... They're, they're probably professional shooters that can't get a good following. They're probably people that are out there doing the work, but they don't know how to get the content or have the videographer and editor doing all this behind the scenes magic. It's like, we're doing what we can to get information out, but it's very valuable to the end user. So yeah, that's my spiel on that world. Yep. Well, and I'll say this too. The, the other thing that is uh, frustrating is, is when you see, so much more engagement with a, a a lady that doesn't know shit, but because she's posting in a bikini, like that that seems like she's getting more engagement. But is is she really getting people to engage because they want to ask more about the Rock Island Armory Tac Ultra that she's holding, or do they just want to make some sort of lewd comment about they wish she was holding something else? You know, it's like there's the NC seventeen rating. So, <laughs> well it's you know it's it's so yes. frustrating um and i i'll say this i don't i don't envy it at all i can't imagine what it's like to open up your dms to find a whole bunch <laughs> of wankers uh literally sending pictures of their wankers at you you know like um i don't have that problem uh like if it happens it's because it was one of my friends and they're dicks literally but <laughs> um you know <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, uh, so I don't I don't envy that, but at the same time, it 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 God, it's just so frustrating sometimes when people are like, but but look how yep. many followers she yep. has. I'm like, trust me, they're not looking no. at the gun. They don't care what gun she's yep. holding. Um, 
they just are trying to slide into her DMs and make you know some. St- it, it, I mean, it's so comical too. Sometimes you you just fall fall victim to reading <laughs> some of the comments, and you're like, really? Like that's what you were pinning your hopes and dreams yeah. on was a. Uh, uh, posting to an Instagram model and and how you think that she's going to read past all other 500,000 comments to your one that says she's beautiful. Like (laughs) the problem is too, is I don't, until it stops, why is our industry not stopped in sending these, these people their guns and probably paying for that content too. That's the thing is I know checks have been written to these people to make their, their Instagram reel, their picture whatever uh, with their gun, their product X, Y, Z they could have probably bought tenfold worth of micro influencers or actual shooters or people who are going to put that gun through the paces and give them feedback or what have you. So it's super frustrating or give it to a dude that knows what he's talking about. Like forget the women with the clothes off guys, like move on. I know like it might not be as sexy and cool or get as many views, but man, it's frustrating to see that budget go to waste. Or just require the dude to wear a speedo when he's posting pictures. (laughs) Like why can't we how much would it cost? I, how seen... much would it cost for a brand to pay you to wear a speedo with their product? Yeah. Oh yeah. me, oh, <laughs> it'd be be a lot. It would be a lot. Um, Anybody else get a mental image of John in the speedos? <laughs> it's one thing for everyone to assume; it's another thing to prove them all right. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> but no, that because like, there was um. It, it doesn't seem to have gained as much traction anymore, or it's not as popular anymore. But there was a, there was an Instagram page that came out. It was called Gunny Bears, and so you had the gun bunnies, right? And then this page made a page called Gunny Bears, and that was he basically would share content. Of, do you remember uh, a few years ago there was there was a couple guys I think, but there was one very prominent guy where he would basically reenact gun bunny v- photos. But he, he would do it. So like he would, if they were in like a Daisy Dukes, he put Daisy Dukes face? on and be laying topless on a bed with oh yeah, like mustache. He's just a skinny dude, but he would recreate all these gun bunny photos, wearing skimpy outfits and holding guns it. and stuff, and it was just absolutely fantastic. What happened to um, him? And so that that. I, I, I like I said I just don't think they're as as it's not as funny or popular anymore. But like that that Instagram page was it, was the, it like I said I think too it's real? Was Bears. it too real? It was too close to home. It was too accurate. <laughs> ah, it's either that or maybe yeah. he just got bored. You know, yeah. like you can only you can only That's make true. fun of so many gun bunnies before you just start doing yeah. the same thing over and over. But I was I was featured on that page several times, not wearing a speedo, but just. Like at one point, there there was a a picture that some or a screen grab maybe that he grabbed of me, um, where like I'm at a match and like I'm I've ran into a position a little too hard, so I'm trying not to lose my balance and in the process. I'm kind of like my butt's kind of sticking out, and I'm wearing my loud pants. So the the screenshot is of that, and like he made some comment about like you know, look at the look at that butt or something like that. That's awesome. I don't know. It's 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 a, it's a funny page. If you if you guys want to yeah. go check it out, that's on Instagram. Like I said, Gunny Bear Gunny Bears or something like that. Gunny Bears of Instagram or whatever. But yeah, and you know, uh, it was like just comical because it. it was totally making fun of. Only a guy can make fun of the gun bunnies. Is the other unfortunate part of it. But the, but see the 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 flip side is that girls could totally have funny content if they wanted to create it about the tactards, as I call them. <laughs> Like the guys that just they're just completely like don't get me wrong I have kit sure. I've done videos of me wearing kit doing things but at no point do I like act like I'm 
doing military <laughs> operation. Like I, most of the time when I'm wearing my kit, it's just because I want to be carrying around the extra weight yeah. and running around for the right. physical aspect of it. I'm trying to increase cardio yep. or whatever, and, and then just in, incorporating shooting into it. Yep. Um, but you know, there and don't get me wrong. There's legit guys that you should probably be watching and listening and paying attention to what they have to say. And there's other guys where you're just like, <laughs> uh, watch, watch for the entertainment value because yeah, of how go dumb to an AK are. match and watch right? any of that. It's actually a really fun people watching experience. Um, it's like my favorite thing to do. Yeah, AK matches are. Awesome. are I, I'll say this though, but like the, the thing that I find about the AK matches is that the, the majority of the time the people are passionate yes. about the platform. But they are complete and utter goofballs, and they openly accept and embrace it when they're actually yep. shooting the match. Like, they're not—they're not really nope. competitors as far as like the competitors aspect go. They're there to just run the platform and have fun in their kit and gear. And you know, some guys show up dressed up like full-on yep. Russian soldiers. Some guys dress up like the hitmen in tracksuits. I've seen it all, and I love it. The AK I love it. I think it's fun. most fun. Yeah, like I said, they're there to run what they got. They got their gear. They're out. And you know what? Kudos to them for getting out there. I think that's my favorite experience is that I wish there were more AK matches because they are the most, like, just genuine, raw, fun. Like, even though, like, us competitors, we're out there in our jerseys doing our thing, whatever. But, like, it is so much fun to see the different platforms that do show up because it's stuff I never even know, like, that it exists. Like, the AK world is just so foreign to me. Um, it's really fun to watch. And it's it's been interesting to watch how how much it's grown because like um, for those that have followed my career for from the beginning will know that the first multi gun nationals I ever shot was actually with uh, Rifle Dynamics AK that they built for me in two two three. So yeah, a lot of the gear that we were running was stuff that was out. It was top of the line at the time, but now it's not. There's been other advancements right. on the, on that platform uh, that have come out, but um, <laughs> I. I the AK is still a fantastic platform. Anyone that anyone that that thinks that it's a um, subpar platform or inferior platform Wrong. doesn't understand what they're dealing with. Like, um, I've you know I've I've got guns set up and ready to to rock and roll <laughs> if I need to, right? And and some of them are AKs and some of them are ARs, and just it's on. You know, it's just really going to be dependent upon where I'm in the house when, when things decide Same. to pop off, um, which one I'm grabbing. But at no point am I like thinking, "Oh my, is my AK going to work?" Like, yeah, it's going to work. You, you you can shoot that thing with the top cover off and half of the parts blown out, and it'll still probably freaking run, right? Like That's it's true. an AK. Like, and the craziest thing for those that have never done this, go on YouTube and search up slow motion AK. I have never. In my, my wildest dreams when I was coming in, uh, or, or learning about AKs and stuff, never did it cross my mind what a gun goes through in the process of firing mm -hmm. a bullet. And when you watch a slow motion video of an AK shooting, that thing like twists and waves, like the receiver and everything is shaking and wobbling mm -hmm. as you shoot. Um, so you watch that and you're like, wow, that's the most reliable rifle ever built is one that looks like jello in slow motion. <laughs> But, you know, that's probably why it becomes so such a reliable gun is because the tolerances are loose, mm -hmm. so loose, but the engineering was, was so fantastic that um, 
it runs because it's got that much okay. play in it and and it can still function with with it wiggling that much versus other places where it's like you need you need to have the tightest right. tolerance as possible but as soon as a speck of dust gets it's in toast there, then and you have to only run one kind of ammo period or else it won't be yeah it, it doesn't like it doesn't like <laughs> these primers like yeah, yeah it's like when did when did my gun become a three-year-old yep, toddler? I've seen uh, people wash their AKs <laughs> with Dawn dish soap and then just oil it down and back on the range. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good to go. I, I always joke, you know, my Rock Islands, um, the, the pistols that I run are, are all really, really worn <laughs> in. Um, so, like, you can literally, like, shake the gun and hear the frame to slide fit yep. and all that kind of stuff rattle around and whatnot. And, and when people ask me, like, well, how often do you clean your guns? I'm yeah. like, I don't. Because then I lose all the tolerances that I've built up. All the carbon buildup just makes that gun tighter <laughs> and more accurate. So when I when I clean it, I actually make it less accurate because I I scrub all I, the. I all guess the stuff that's away. a juju thing too in PRS, like uh, the cleaning, the rezeroing, the checking the zero. I'll just say that that world. I, I don't want to laugh at it because I get it's real, but it is like what? Like come on, guys! I just want to shoot. <laughs> yeah, and and me too. Like I. <laughs> I, I'm still lazy too. when it comes to cleaning my guns. So my, my take on cleaning my guns. Now, Grant, I, I was also told this um, a good friend before he passed away, mm-hmm. Mike Voigt. Rest in peace, Mike. We, we miss you still. Um, I remember I was talking about how I had to go home to clean my gun after we were shooting a local match. And he was like, why? I'm like, well, be- because. you know, He's like, dude, if you pay as much as you do for a gun and you have to clean it yep. for it to run – you should go yep. get your money back. Like, you know, throw more oil on that bitch and let her eat. Like, that's it. That's what you need yep. to do, right? And so my mentality now is um, if my toothbrush, if my toothbrush can't reach it, it's not important enough to clean. <laughs> I don't know that that's correct, but sure. <laughs> so I, I pull, I pull my guns apart. I scrub what I can with, with toothbrushes or a gun brush or something like that with, with cleaning agent on it, um, and then dry it off with a with a towel oil it up and then put it back oh together boy. that's <laughs> well i mean because i and i'll say this like i've i was right before it was i was getting ready to shoot limited nationals and i had my rear sight break on my gun and i didn't have an extra so i had to ship it off to perump to have it taken care of and i told my gunsmith i was like look i just need a rear sight okay so just put a rear sight on turn the gun around and send it back to me um when he sent it back to me he had deep cleaned with like a sonic cleaner <laughs> my gun and I, I had like maybe four or five days before I had to leave for the match, and I had to go through about fifteen hundred <laughs> rounds uh, to get it functioning oh, again. Dirty it up because like it was it was so clean that parts where oil had worked its way down to some of these parts, you know, deep down into the gun were now gone, and it was like <laughs> no, I I didn't want you to clean. I just needed a new sight, man. The gun was working fine, <laughs> you know. So don't ruin my. That's juju actually like really that. funny. Yeah, and and Jerry, there was a video. I think it was on Hot Shots when that show was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Mitchellek made a comment about how he was like, "I never fully clean my guns. I I always leave a little bit of dirt in them because I want the gun to to crave more." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, t- talking to it's it like thing. it's a it's they a living are. thing. Like, they yeah. are living things. I will say it. I have an attachment to my firearms, and they have to be treated as such. And even like when I teach, it's like if you baby my gun, you're gonna get slapped yourself. Like you better not baby it. You better not like slowly let that side gun like let that thing go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you got to think of it like this, okay? If you go and like take a shower and get your hair done, and you're wearing a nice 
beautiful, elegant dress or a, a fancy all-white tuxedo, how much are you enjoying life for the rest of the evening? Not very much because you were just like on edge about every little spill, splash, drink, mm -hmm. right? Versus the dude that shows up in like hoodies and a jeans and he drops ketchup and mustard on his pants. He's just like, ah, yep. I'm just going to rub it off, right? It's the same thing yep. with, with guns. Yep. And it's like, I don't want my gun to be nice, clean, no. prim and proper and afraid of doing something wrong. I want it to be yeah. freaking it's okay if it rolls 100%. around. 100. All of mine are not so. gun safes or gun queens, and that, that's something that I have to teach women too. Is just like being aggressive on the guns. Like you cause more malfunctions when you try to baby it or when you try to work the slide for it or what have you. Um, yeah, and like I mean, <laughs> at some of these these events when when I bring my guns out and they're like babying it and like setting it gingerly down. I'm like, do you realize I throw that bitch like a hundred yards into a dump barrel? Not not really, obviously, but it's like they are launched, they are tossed, they're shot and raid. Like I'm so sorry to anyone who seracotes my guns. Like custom or like any any custom work it's like it's gonna get banged up and bruised so yeah yeah yep yeah it's uh Battle it's comical to, to see that too it's like people are like you do understand the purpose of the like the job of a gun is to contain an explosion that is going yep. off in your hand and you're worried that you're lowering the slide onto the bullet is right gonna hurt. no like yeah no 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 that thing is meant yes. to take a beating so all right, well, we're coming up on like an hour and a half for this podcast, which is pretty typical. But um, I like to to kind of wrap these things up with some quick quick fire okay. questions for you to answer, and then we'll give you a moment at the end to to thank whoever you need to thank and your final thoughts and all that kind of stuff. So, with that being said, uh, we talked a little bit about this, which is going to be a, a a great topic for you to answer is would you rather use a push mower for a thousand square feet or a riding mower for 10,000 square uh, feet? Still a riding mower. Still. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you rather have good eyesight and bad teeth or good teeth, but I'm bad sorry, eyesight? I'm sorry, but I like my good teeth. <laughs> I've never had bad eyesight, so I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I've got bad eyesight and bad teeth. No, I'm screwed teeth both ways. Um, I like that. Yeah, my, my dentist does, does a great job. <laughs> okay, uh, Halloween or oh, Christmas? Halloween. I Why? think Halloween's like the most fun uh, holiday out there. Christmas sucks. There's always family drama. It's too stressful. You always have to go home and do the things. And like Halloween, you can get drunk with your friends with masks on. Like, come on. <laughs> wow, that was a very eyes very wide true. shut answer. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, would you rather go bird hunting, deer hunting or deer hunting? I've done both. Really? I grew up bird hunting, and it's just not as cool. I think that, well, I know, the adrenaline dump of taking a deer, you get more meat, better meat, tastes way better. But, like, it's a big freaking animal, in my opinion, to birds. Like, you got to kill, like, five just to get, like, one little meal, right? But, like, that deer, that's a big deal. I don't take that lightly. Yeah. Okay, so... So yours is an overall, not just about the experience, but rather the the harvesting. Yeah, I mean it's a it's like a huge that. deal. That'll feed me feed me for a year usually. Um, it's just yeah, bird hunting. I feel bad. One deer for me. One deer will last you a year. Jesus Christ! I'm, I'm, now I'm no, I just then. one deer. One deer lasts me. If, I'm not if home. I'm like if I don't live here. First... <laughs> I don't live here. So think about how many days I'm home for one animal. Yeah, but I mean, even then, like when when I took my first deer, I I think I was, I was through him pretty How much many three months in the whole thing. 
Mm, I think I probably got about yeah, 80 I mean, pounds of meat. 80 pounds if I'm home 80 days and I'm not home 80 days, that's, we're good. <laughs> See, maybe that's the problem because like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I can eat three pounds <laughs> in one sitting. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I'll, I'll dominate half a backstrap no, by myself. I don't need any help no, with I'm that. No, I'm hungry. Like, so. All right, would you rather go camping or oh, glamping? camping. No, I absolutely hate glamping. I think it's ridiculous. People know this about me, but, like, when you go in the woods with me, it is primitive. You know, you got to figure it out. Hiking, you're going to draw water from whatever. Like, we're not going on a glamping experience. That's, you could do that at home. Like, I want no cell phone service. I don't, I don't want to be in contact with the world. I want to check out. My zen. Very though. good. And then, would you rather eat at a steakhouse or at Ew, a buffet? Steakhouse. Ew, are you eating at buffets, John? Yep. Oh, some of the buffets in Vegas are pretty. Oh, I legit. like good steakhouse. I had. If you've never, if you've never been to the buffet at the Bellagio, I think I have. And that's why you think. Yeah, I don't think I have, but I did have my very first and first Wagyu experience ever was in Vegas. I know it sounds terrible that I'm this old and just had it, but it was like Wagyu tomahawks. Oh my god! And I think we all spent like 250 bucks per person just like sharing this. Like, oh, it was amazing. It was in Vegas. It was after the very last day of Shot Show, uh, with all the TTI crew and stuff. We had a great time. Thanks for that memory, actually. That was, like, my favorite memory. <laughs> well, there fun. you go. See? So, but yes, no. Buffets are awesome. Now, if you're if you're trying to find the $1.99 <laughs> buffet, then yes, expect yeah. food poisoning. But, like, the Bellagio Buffet, um, Mandalay Bay, I don't know if they still have, have it, but that was a, a, a really, really mm -hmm. good one, too. And there was one more. I can't. I'd have to ask Mills. <laughs> Where we ate. What <laughs> That's it was. awesome. But I mean, our favorite, I yeah. think, was Bellagio. Yeah. So, and see, I, we you gotta understand too, like from Nils and I's perspective, it's like if we go, if we go to the buffet, the the house. I was is gonna the lose. value, yeah, the, <laughs> the house is the only place. Yeah, that's that's where they that's where they lose yep. their money. Uh, a steakhouse, yeah. I'm gonna lose because, like, more than likely, I'm gonna have to pay forty dollars oh for God. a meal that on my way home, I'm, I was gonna stop but... at In and Out and get like not a over a steakhouse. You know, You're eating at the wrong steakhouses, bro. I'm telling you, I had um, bison steak, bison play. I was in the Tetons. I can't remember the place. It was awesome, but I swear to God, I went to that place and this person sat down. They're like, "What are you eating?" And I was like, "A bison play." And they're like, "What's a bison?" And I was like, "How long have you been in Yellowstone for?" Tetons for and they're like, oh, we've been here a week. You don't know what the freaking bisons are? The giant animals that want to ram you? Like, where do you live under? A rock? Bison. <laughs> yeah. No, so I, I, yeah, the first time I had bison mm -hmm. was in Bozeman for the Murdoch's event. And I had a bison burger, oh. and that was pretty freaking. Uh, to this day, um, the best sausage I'd ever had was at MGM mm. Iron Man. Uh, one random night, like, you know, at that match, we would camp out on the range. So we had our, our little, you know, your little tent circle set up with all the group of people you're there shooting with. And this guy was coming around um, handing out sausage that he had he had brought with him. And it was oh. um, elk. And it, I, like, I, I ate it and I was just yeah. like, oh, my God, that was the absolute best piece of sausage I've ever had in my life. And that was like. That was one of the things that I kind of always held in my memory of being delicious and, and good. And when I was getting ready to move to the Midwest was when I was kind of like, oh, like maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get to mess around with yeah. some venison sausage and deer sausage and stuff. Like I wonder if I could get as good as that elk one was. But 
see the, the flip side of the argument was like you know you see a deer and you're like ah that'll feed me for a year i see if i could ever see an elk or get years. one i'd be like okay that will feed years me for a year for me <laughs> yeah but for you yeah. yes but for me i'd be like okay the back straps are gonna last me maybe like two months <laughs> and then the rest of it is gonna become you know i can i can go through but um now granted i like eating the venison uh kelly's not a huge fan of it kelly likes the yeah. deer jerky that, that i make um i just finished up like Ten and a half pounds worth of venison that I I turned into jerky. So I've got like, yeah, like like eight pound and a half or whatever it is that comes out yep. two pieces of jerky, and that all of that will be gone in the next like two <laughs> That's weeks. That's awesome. Because I ha- I give I give it to her family and we go through it like we'll we'll just throughout the day me and her will collectively eat like ten or twelve oh, pieces awesome. of them at a time. They're, they're good because they're so good. Hell yeah. So. Right on. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. And at this point, I'd like to give you the opportunity to to say what you need to say, uh, thank who you need to thank, and and all that kind of stuff. So, with that being said, the floor is. Uh, yours. when does this come out? Do we know? Because that's gonna be a thing. I'm gonna try and get it out as soon as possible. Well, then I won't <laughs> talk about what's coming. I won't talk so. about what's coming. But uh, Hunter's HD Gold. Let's let's give it. It'll probably yeah, be about a well week. Yeah, uh, well then maybe ish. We'll just say shout out to Hunters HD Gold, dude. They obviously keep John and I, I protected throughout the whole year. It's been awesome working with them. Just know that when this podcast comes out or somewhere around there, uh, we've got an all new something from them coming. I'm really excited. Um, but I know I've been blessed this year. Uh, obviously, writing I get to work with so many companies and even get to work with John. Y'all don't know that behind the scenes, it is awesome working with content creators like John. So I'm just super blessed to get to do what I get to do. Um, I got to say thank you to Super Valley Ammunition too. Just being able to shoot for them and work with them this whole year has just been incredible. Um, obviously, I, the competition side of stuff, but I did sign with Nighthawk this year, and it's been a blessing to, to run those guns. Um, run Gun, Real Avid, Creekside Custom Lasering. I, I, I mentioned them, but like they do all my custom work, and then I beat up all the guns and the beautiful artwork that they do. So sorry and thank you, Steve. <laughs> Uh, I got to work with lock grips as well this year, and that's just been super fun. So I got to say those, those cust- all those just custom jobs, custom guns, just being able to get to do what I do is, is a blessing. And John, thanks for having me on. Thanks for finally doing this. This was a blast. Um, and then you guys can go flip over to Red Club podcast, listen to the interview of John and his life with his fancy pat- pants shooting <laughs> and all the stuff he's working on, uh, especially with the holsters. Congrats on all that too. Yeah, that's been a... Uh... It's been fun to try and figure out. Um, I'm still learning, but uh, we'll go from there. It's been cool that uh, Ben Stalker's Pro Shop just just started carrying some of my holsters. Um, Red Feather Outfitters is another sm- uh, like pro shop that started carrying holsters. And, and once I once I did some business with them, we were just kind of chatting. Was where I realized that they're associated with the range that I'm going to be at for oh, Ironsight nice. Nationals. So when I go there to visit, I'm actually just going to stop in the pro shop, say hi, and introduce myself as that. I'm the guy that sold you guys the holsters. Hope, yeah. hope they're going well. So um, where can people find information about you or get in contact with you or follow you? Make sure let's let's hit up uh, your Instagram, Twitter, or X. Or X <laughs> I'm sorry, not Twitter, X account. Um, you know, yeah, Facebook, so at Three Gun Kenzie, that's kind of what I go by now. Is on Facebook, on Instagram, and then ThreeGunKenzie.com. That that website also has some of my articles, my portfolios. If you want to read any more of the print stuff that I do, um, and then look forward to Gal's Day 2024 for sure. Uh, Reticle Up, so just at Reticle Up. That's where you can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. ReticleUp.com. 
the YouTube channel, Radical Up Podcast. So I'm pretty branded. Those two are, are what I manage. Um, but I'm excited for, for things to come. Uh, I'll just leave it at that because there's a lot, lot of stuff in the works and I'm just excited for life right now. So again, thank you for letting me come on and talk all things guns and suppressors with you. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure having you. Uh, thank you so much for for uh, coming on. I thank you for having me on your podcast. Now you've gotten to come on mine, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and thank you for uh, everything that you're doing as far as, yeah, uh, helping educate the masses with proper education about firearms and, and terminologies and all that kind of stuff. You know, not letting people load their clips into their guns and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, I, I just appreciate um, having someone that... Uh, is as involved with the firearms world also out there educating people and not just um asking for free shit all the time and then just you know never making any mention about it like oh cool look i, I got a new gun you're welcome anyway Thank you. <laughs> so uh well with that being said again that was another episode of open action podcast with me john mcqueen brought to you by arms Corps precision thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening and uh make sure you stay tuned because i've got a ton of other guests lined up in the pipeline uh or pipeline and uh, super excited to get those episodes out. And with that being said, we'll catch you on the next one.